0: Hello, and welcome once again to <laughs> The Dice Are
1: Screaming. <laughs> yeah, welcome.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna, we're not even playing today. This is the rot grub infested midden heap of oh, gaming podcasts. <laughs> it's true. You'll never be the same again. Once, if, once we reach your heart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't be fooled by the glint of treasure. <laughs> Horrible death awaits. Yeah. Well, that
1: that fifty go piece gem, it's not worth it. You'll you know,
0: Unless somebody's got a torch at the ready. Yeah. You know what? Just fireball it. Yeah. Stop. Get an axe. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I'm afraid this is going to have to come off. It's been touched by this podcast. Yeah. Well, very appropriate
1: though. Yeah, that's that's us. Uh, uh, yeah, well, a week late and dollars short, as always, or a couple electrons short.
0: Oh, and yeah. We so, had actual serious affairs to attend to They yep. were of genuine importance, so not feeling too bad. Uh, at least for once, it wasn't, you know, me just being work exhausted, uh, which... <laughs> yeah, it was your family and some uh, procedural stuff
1: going on. Nothing too grim, but hey, you know... Uh,
0: Oh, well, doctors still aren't fun.
1: No. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's just uh, the price paid for getting old and looking this good. <laughs> yeah, best thing happened. Uh,
0: I know. Yeah, I mean, we've got faces made for radio. I
1: went and asked, uh, you know, if I need that another round of booster shots. And the uh, nurse's assistant told me that, oh, it's only for people over 50. And I said, thank you. That's the nicest thing anybody's
0: ever said. Oh, man. that's got That tickles the... Uh, funny bone right there, that's, yeah, it's so nice to hear it, almost never happens. I'm at that stage where I'm no longer irritated by people asking me for I, my ID for alcohol. I remember in my thirties, that it used to just tick me off immensely. It's like I've a grown man, I've been working what, 10 freaking years, and you know, that doesn't, hadn't made a difference everyone wants to know. You're like, are you trying to sneak beer, kid? Like, uh, now? Boy, you ask for my ID, and I'm like, thank you, thank you. It just lets me remember. I, I don't even have the illusion that I look young, but uh, it, it helps me remember that wonderful feeling of being uh, where there was a question. Yeah, so uh,
1: we're oh, going to get so started. It. Speaking of us uh, just rambling on here, hey, if you came to ramble, well, hey, we're the best ramblers you ever seen. Ramble man, rambling man,
0: I'm a rambling man.
1: Okay. But uh, before we get too far in our ramblings, let's look to the future. So what's coming up the next podcast?
0: Ah, the Psiomancer oh, strikes. Gosh. I peer into the depths of shadow itself. And I wrest the truth Yikes. from the darkness. And the Psiomancer sees a pretty awesome week coming up next week. Oh, okay. For starters, we're going to open up taking a peek at Interface Cyberpunk Red and this is a recent release from the the wonderful people over at cyberpunk oh yeah the, the interface magazine which used to be pretty popular pick up at uh, the date kind of like a fanzine that was passed around well now we have interface red the latest iteration and its contents. so we're, we're going to be speed reviewing that at the opening but that's not a, but wait there's more oh. <laughs> yeah
1: i know right right oh and <laughs> hey thanks before before that uh you get on to that Thanks to folks for all sorry for sending this free copy. Um, yeah, we're going to try to do more cyberpunk stuff and uh, just keep sending us stuff. We'll review it. So
0: Yeah, yeah, we're going to do a pick-apart session on it. And then we're going to launch into an appendix end session that we have long since promised.
1: Oh, but wait, there's the ever-popular more. What has this been prom- promised that we're going to bring to fruition finally?
0: Movie fantasy night. I know, we took a long time off Oh, yeah, appendix nine.
1: Or Appendix N, movie night. Yeah. N stands for nine because that's what we are at. Uh, Willow, Dragonheart, and Ladyhawk. Yeah, doing our threes as usual. So this puts
0: us... And honestly, these threes, these three were picked to represent that moment, that pinnacle moment in an era where fantasy movies had often been under budgeted badly done Uh, they were not given a lot of the materials and resources and investment and quality time that other movies were and so the whole genre you know was on pretty shaky ground prior to that you saw a lot of nice attempts but not great deliveries well here's Three movies from a window period where fantasy movies were on, you know, like in their waxing moment where at the, the yeah, time at the, the start month, of the, the stars. you're right. At
1: the 80s, well, a little bit in the 70s, too, there some well, there's weird few fantasy films, but they were uh, sci fi fantasy blurred together. But there was, you're right, uh, right at the 80s after Conan the Barbarian, everything turned schlocky and, uh, you know, low budget to skid it out. You know, the typical Roger Corman ride the wave sort of thing. Yeah. But. This was a re- the second wave that was returned. Now we've talked about, of course, *Dragon Slayer*, which is one of the. Removed wise is one of my favorites. Just so dark.
0: Just oh, dark the yeah. dark, like of with all, Excalibur. Of all of them, uh, you know, when we mentioned *Dragon Slayer* in the previous movie session, I mean, that's one of the ones where you saw Disney uh, make a concentrated effort. I mean, of they all did. Things, I mean, if you look
1: at the weaponry, armor, and swords that were used. It's beautiful. There, yeah, it, the spear alone. I ever had to have a plus three spear
0: oh it should totally look like yeah, that should, should. Uh, but you know I'm not saying that there were not great outings but they were few and far between you know like they were just such exceptions to the genre uh, and here are our like it's going to be our riff on what we consider three of the best so we don't have a you know like best to worst on this one yeah next week this next podcast will be a session where we look at three things to celebrate and look back on. Hey, one of them may not have been your style, but I guarantee like at least one of these movies struck right. a chord with somebody. Uh, and made them go, yeah. That so was as a bonus, bonus edition, we're going to
1: try to look where you can find these on streaming services available right now. That's one thing that I've been taking the task for is because, well, we're old codgers. You know, we sit around like, uh, put the uh, VHS in the back of the slot in the TV. It doesn't <laughs> exist, Brady. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I have... They don't even make VHS players anymore. Like the last place that, I'm not kidding, the last place that manufactured them uh, in Asia closed. Yeah, so if you can find them, on, if you got them on DVD,
1: I've got one, I've got uh, Lady Hawk, But uh, I don't even know where it's available, so we're going to try to let you know where you can find them, at least on streaming services.
0: And, of course, you know, there's always Google. So. Yeah, we're going to add that as a facet of our appendix and reviews, is that... Uh, at least taking the time to let people know where they can find uh, an actual opportunity to view these flicks, uh, which, I mean, good reminder from our fans who are awesome and do remember to like mention to us things that we overlooked, uh, and they're right, because these are great things and some people are going to want to see them. And now we'll be able to give people a little nudge in the direction, like, okay, if you're looking for this, it is available in these mediums or on these sites. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna be pimps for these movies too, or we wouldn't have mentioned them. Pimps. Oh well, I've got about work, work in the corner for look. me now.
1: <laughs> that would mean we would get some type of residual income off of this. <laughs> uh,
0: otherwise, I'm gonna have to shake them down for change at the end of the night. Hold it See if they're holding oh, out, mm-hmm. out on me.
1: Yeah, so... Get my cane! <laughs> That's a good dark turn. All right, so yeah, uh, what you came here for was some Gamma World, I heard. So yeah, so uh, we're going to start into that. We're just going to launch in a second. I just want to preface this with a little bit... Uh, Gamma World. Um, I was... Uh, I filled on a little bit of a rabbit hole in my research for this. Uh, I found a couple of blogs that uh, people talked about how wacky and gonzo uh, Gamma World is. It's not a serious game. Oh... Yeah, okay. Uh, I want to point you one thing. Uh, if you're interested in getting into Gamma World or seeing what it was like in its early Inceptions, this module definitely pulls from that. But the vehicle for playing it may be a little lost. Now you can go through RPG and you can get the 1st Edition or 2nd Edition Gamma World. I would suggest using that. 3rd Edition, a little less so, but 4th and 5th Editions. Yeah, pick that up because uh, 3rd Edition uses a color chart. But the thing is, if you don't want to spend any money, well, the fine folks over at Goblinoid Games have a no art free download of Mutant Future. Mutant Future is pretty much beat for beat, first and second edition Gamma World. Yes. uh, Reskin and put out in a slightly different format. You have to notice a few things there, but it... I like this word, free. Yeah, well, it's a no art version, so you don't get any art, but... Everything's there, and you just type in uh, Mutant Future, no art version, and you'll see the Mutant Future Revised come up, and just download that. It's for free. And, hey, you know what? <laughs> oh, you keep saying that sexy, sexy free
0: <laughs> Right. That. And you uh, can play this. speaking <laughs>
1: my language. <laughs> and get
0: right on board to find out how this uh, module was played. So, I could feel that shiver up my spine as all of my collected Scottish ancestry goes, did you say free? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! Lab- I've got to have that! Yeah. So,
1: before we get into it, that's your uh, your pick-your-weapon-or-system-of-choice. I would definitely recommend the early versions as well as Mutant Future, just uh, because, you know... We had
0: fun with Mutant Future, dude. I mean, we're going to be talking about, like, old-school Gamma World in a bit, but it's material that you can use to source for much more attainable, you know, rule sets... And, man, what a blast we had. Like, that was uh, summertime on the back patio uh, at the old Casa de la Hanna. Uh, yeah, there. we were all
1: busy as shit, so oh. we were, uh, and I needed a kind of cathartic release, so I just wanted to play something simple and easy to do.
0: and Strip down, bare bones, team of weirdo freak mutants and pure uh, strain humans and an android, android and, I, and a talking cactus. Not kidding. Well, it didn't talk. It communicated telepathic. through spore.
1: Yeah, telepathic spore communication. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and it had healing fruit. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I Like, that was, it was so bizarre and trippy and fun. A lot of laughter on that back porch.
1: Yeah, uh, but it played with a grim, dark seriousness that, the, you know, there was an impending doom. And but
0: the know. gray wanderer, my, my little bad eared dude mutant Bat-earth guy freak. Uh, but took extra sonic damage anytime anything made a sonic attack because i had super sensitive hearing <laughs> hey, location yeah
1: so yeah so Not all fun. right well let's turn to a gamma world yeah so we've already given what the system is you don't know about it it doesn't take everybody thinks about gamma world as a kind of um mad max post-apocalyptic and you're right on that part but you see gamma world takes place in the future like 300 yeah. years into the future after everything got blown the hell up yeah
0: so things had dramatically increased in scientific advancement before the collapse so i mean there is by carefully doing that they ensured that they could also include fantastic weaponry that was futuristic you know handheld laser pistols and mark fusion or mark 5 fusion Rifles. Mark VII
1: fusion rifles, yeah, Mark 5 blasters, and masers, tasers, and phasers, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all to... the
0: goodies are there,
1: but then everything fell apart. And then you find a hairdryer, and, you know, the players spend the next <laughs> two hours fiddling with the artifact charts to try to get it to uh, work. So that was one of the, the cues of it. So
0: With enough hard work and a high enough roll, you may unlock the secrets of... Luxurious and full hair. <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, the, half the fun is the DM learning to describe things as if he had seen them for the first time. Right. And I want to yeah. reference that because it's absolutely essential to the game master describing things in Gamma World. Something as simple as a poker chip. Or uh, like if they, they find a deck of cards. You know, it's their small scraps of some uh you know stiffened uh papery substance on which something has been painted on each side and all of one side you know all of the, all of the sides are exactly the same on one side same painted picture on every single card and then on the other side there's quite a variety <laughs> uh, geometric shapes curious objects Uh, what appear to be cartoon you know hand-drawn illuminated individuals uh, in what looks like fancy dress Uh, jacks queens kings you know Mm -hmm. yeah you know you're not giving everything away you're just describing a random object i mean and how would you describe a microwave if you had no idea what it was or what it did Oh. Or or a VHS in a room full of millennials.
1: <laughs> yeah, we right there. Yeah. yeah, your microwave, you know, it's got this plated screen and behind it is this mesh metal. It must be to protect
0: something it, it, inside. Yeah, it was shaped like a box of some kind and it clearly has what looks like a handle. so it perhaps it, it is some sort I of I point it at
1: I pointed at Bob, the Green Mutant. Hey, hey, you got energy resistance. You can take one for the team. (laughs) Nothing happens.
0: Oh, oh. yeah, look, I have energy resistance, not energy immunity. (laughs) Uh, But that's some of the wackiness, is the process of discovery that is an inherent facet of Gamma World. And... While some games emphasize the role-playing and the deeper, longer plots, Gamma World emphasized the rediscovery of familiar stuff because you're in a situation that makes it new.
1: <coughs> well, <coughs> pardon. So, pardon. yeah, that uh, we've covered Gamma World, and we bit, did mention Legion of Gold, and this is one of the big things. Uh, Gamma World, when this came out, this was one of the first. Uh, it, this and Famine at Fargo. Are pretty much the introductory to this Gamma uh, World came out in what uh, eighty two, and this came out
0: oh goodness uh, eighty one. Yeah, this uh, Legion of Gold really represents that uh, first major module publication
1: for Gamma yeah, World. And so look at the cover here. It's a nice. It's a. It's a weird. Usually uh, TSR puts their stuff out with these pastel covers, but here you see this kind of chromed Gamma World logo, and then. It's uh, got a gray cover with yellow print on the back. Uh, it's uh, by Gary Gygax with Luke Gygax, Paul Ritchie III, and it's for getting to intermediate level players. Now, Game World does have a leveling system. We're not going to really cover that too much anymore. You can download uh, Mutant Future or get any of the uh, PDFs from Drive Through RPG see if you want to learn that. But uh, I'll have Mike here read it because I'm a little mush mouth right now. Uh, on the back cover, and we'll start off. So you would find this on the shelf.
0: Excerpts from notes made by Idal Aylfik, professor at the University of Horn. All know that there is much to worry about in these difficult times, but the skies have grown darker in the past few weeks, as if an omen of destruction hangs over us all. Baron Jemas, the warder, has been very preoccupied in recent weeks. This bothers me, for the mind of the ruler of the barony of Horn to be clear since his decisions affect us all i can only hazard a guess at the problem that afflicts him for only vague rumors of the trouble have reached my ears in the past several weeks there have been raids on several outlying towns of the barony by mysterious golden marauders whether these creatures are robots mutants or men none can be sure for reports are scarce The monsters are rumored to have struck from nowhere, then vanished without a trace, leaving only destruction in their wake. The warder fears that unless something is done, the very heart of the barony will fall victim to this threat. It is rumored that he has offered a substantial reward for the destruction of this legion of gold. I only hope it is not already too late. The first Gamma World module to be produced by the Game Wizards at TSR Hobbies Incorporated.
1: Yeah, and, you know, you look at the cover here. Let's talk about that. We were both talking about ourselves. But right there, you see, like, this big golden-clad centurion melting through a wall, almost like a Marvel comic. Oh, and he's, like, smashing through
0: it. Like, oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got this green mutant guy with a Speedo and those uh, boots, but we'll talk about the boots in a second. Holding a parking meter, an obvious mutant, and then some guy with a gun and a samurai hat and a kilt. And a hand axe. Uh, you know, he's a oh, oh boy, I was surprised by that.
0: Yeah, he's got a little laser pistol, or, or I guess a regular pistol in one hand and a, a short blade in the other. Uh, and then a lady with a laser rifle. Uh, and she's clearly some kind of mutant as well, because she's got a tail.
1: Yeah, and this red uh, form-fitting suit and pink hair, danger hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, we always talk about Willingham and Jepty, uh having the, this love of these floppy-topped boots peel-down boots, uh, like the Musketeers were back in style throughout the Yeah,
0: Willingham, uh, well, I I don't want to say it's out of place entirely because, uh, like, the large boots with the, you know, uh, curled down top uh, that really run high up the calf, I mean, those are, you know, I I think they're analogous to something like... um, that which musketeers might have worn uh, in 1600s france or you know 1700s yeah it would have been the 1700s so uh, yeah but like a popularized style but it appears a lot in the art of those two artists in particular
1: so, yeah, this is the older copy. It's got the Game Wizards logo up in the corner. Yeah, Screen you, Justin. awesome. But here it is. Uh, you know, it's got the fold-out, which makes a nice uh, mini screen, and it has uh, several maps in the blue scale. And on the back, it has a nice kind of uh, facing player-facing map that shows you the environments of your yeah, playing. Yeah, let's and, take a
0: moment to mention that, right. that. Like, this had been set up in like right from the beginning uh, with the term player's map on the only portion of mapping that is visible if you use this like a DM screen, so it, it becomes a portable default Gamma World DM screen at a time when I don't believe that had yet been released.
1: Yeah, let's we'll see. Uh, that, that's over there. Why don't you pull that out? The original, uh, it's the era Otis cover
0: there. Oh, the dead yeah. Kennedy's. We see we have the original referee screen and mini module. Uh, I'm no. Albuquerque,
1: it'll be on the back of the Albuquerque Spaceport.
0: Albuquerque Spaceport. Oh my gosh, I'd forgotten about this, too. Uh, this is entirely separate. But uh,
1: <laughs> we get taken away in there.
0: No, I'm not seeing it. Uh, oh, 81. Yeah, yeah. So this would have been before that coming out. So, so 81. You know, we you were just getting your Gamma World set put together, but they put the player's map thoughtfully on the outside, where only uh, where you know only those things which could be ascertained from local information or a available map could be seen by the players while all the material that you would definitely want to keep to yourself was within facing the dm
1: yeah and it's it's kind of hex hexy but uh, it's not hexed out you can definitely tell that it's got the hex influence of that early tsr one so yeah again hitting all the nostalgia buttons here but we just want to talk about the components and then let's talk about another thing right here. You can definitely tell this is a secondary uh, append to the first edition because it's got extra treasure tables that you can find here. And, uh, <laughs> we'll just go through here. Let,
0: we're going to go through this first, okay? This is at the very last couple pages of the module. And we just want to take a side note because throughout the module, uh, there will be moments where the... Referee or game master uh, is to refer to a treasure table and make a random roll, or if they're searching through rubble, you know, uh, seek out some appropriate low level, you know, nice things to hand off the player characters to add a random element to it. These treasure tables were placed in the back of the book. We love these because these are exactly the things that when I was talking about trying to interpret a modern item that you're used to as if you were seeing it for the first time and had no idea what it was. These were the kind of things that players were expected to stumble into and not know if, like, is it a value or is it not?
1: Yeah, and, you know, like... um... These treasure tables, there was one with your first edition camel roll, and this is meant to supplement it. And this is what I really appreciate about this module had play value or retention value for after you were done with, that you had exhausted most of the stuff in the campaign, which we'll get to again. Hey, we're keeping you strung along here, so just keep up. So uh, like here on uh, treasure table three, Power tool, fair condition, battery power drill, no battery, two to 12 bits in the handle compartment. Imagine explaining that to the player characters if they'd never. Wow, it's some ancient weapon of incredible sadistic use. <laughs> <laughs> Fires these at must be enormous speeds.
0: <laughs> Go with that. <laughs> you pick one off table two. <clears throat> oh, goodness. Uh, off table two? Yeah. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Uh, number twenty-five, small shaker, good condition, full of red pepper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you're explaining the, uh, the, the substance within it, this you know, crystal container appears to have been powdered at some point. Yeah, there's a, a top with dust. round,
1: with like small perforations. Yes, perhaps some type of barrel or other type of object. Um, Pointed Oh, it flings red pepper in your face! Ah, you jerk! <laughs> Again, I'm energy resistant, not energy immune.
0: Well, now you've got sore eyes, Bob. The reddish substance, as it turns out, is alternately, depending on your taste buds, delicious or terrifying. (laughs) And not suitable for eyes. (laughs) Eight-track tri-video tape. Yeah, here you go. Uh, Fair Condition Instructional Series on Vehicles and Robots. Dice for type. But good luck finding a player for it. <laughs> <laughs> Things like smoke detectors, uh, you know, garden hose, <laughs> nylon fishing line, garden hose uh, also
1: being used as a climbing apparatus,
0: vinyl patching kit. Yeah, you know. Uh, oh
1: my god, they actually had vinyl patching kit. Oh my god, Flex Seal, huh? Ooh, hockey puck. Yeah, uh, some kind of explosive device.
0: <laughs> its meaning is lost to us now. We nice. Its triggering mechanism is unknown, but perhaps it's it C4. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's knocked a few teeth out of some people
1: before. And so, yeah, uh, as we talk about all the fun stuff about finding out these treasure tables, these are supplemental materials. And, you know, this is all stuff that was in there. So, as we said in the preamble uh, in previous... Podcast that this is a mini campaign in between two covers, and here it is: is uh, Legion of Gold really sets you up for a rough and tumble, but very focused sandbox campaign that is freeform but has a certain structure. Players are not required to follow;
0: obviously, they're excused. That
1: you're obviously go oh, here, so command to the Baron.
0: There are clearly delineated areas. Uh, on the maps and as part of the module that contain preset mini adventures uh, that the players may engage in at any time. There are some wide open areas on the map surrounding the Barony that like if the players decide to wander off course and things like that, yeah, they can have encounters. Uh, they are, of course, at the usual risk in Gamma World of running across some random encounter table monster that might be a little above their level. Uh, So if they go linear, it might technically be the safer path. But that's not a guarantee or a promise. Uh, Truth is, it is designed for the players to wander about a little bit, uh, get their feet wet first, uh, have some very challenging but not easily fatal early adventures, and then, as they have acquired experience and equipment, and funds uh, and have proven themselves to the Barony. When they have achieved that, then they can start looking at going against the Legion of Gold and use their newfound gear uh, to its fullest possible advantage, as well as the Barony's goodwill, which is an important facet of the entire campaign arc overall. The goodwill of the Barony can place a lot of valuable components and tools. In the players' hands, free of charge. Like if your heroism has, you know, like helped to bring things stability and peace to the area, there is tangible benefits that will help in the final fights.
1: And also, as uh, as an added bonus, in between these adventure little seeds that they plant through, go here and do this, leave it pretty open for the players to do their own exploration and take their own initiative. To investigate while they're doing these things.
0: Yeah, the precise order in which they undertake these tasks uh, is really left to the players, and I don't yeah. think there's enormous harm done if they tackle one particular item first or another second. Uh, but oh, well, yeah, I diff- mean, just the areas you that definitely are on don't the map. want to skip to the ending, like it as like beginners. You do not want to launch your way into uh, like the the main course overnight because. Boy, there's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I think you have to follow kind of
1: the, the the progression, but what I'm saying is like a lot of the places on the map and the other encounters that you may want to add as the uh, DM. That's all. It's all up to you. There's no, yeah. like, time limit. There's no, uh, like, while you're going here, you might stray off the path and investigate around here. And so yeah. there's plenty of opportunity for improvisation and additional material.
0: Yeah, this is not a clock ticker, okay? This is not one of those, like, you know, the bomb goes off in 19 minutes. You know. No, no. Uh, the players have the leisure to travel, experience, uh, explore, and acquire. Yeah. And when they're ready then yeah towards the end there's kind of
1: a a collumation of events because the legion of gold has not been idle during this whole point true (laughs) yeah where you're eventually like okay now the time is nine now you must strike and now get to it
0: yeah and that time is left to the dm to decide
1: all right and speaking of time it's time for us to take a break so we'll be right back and we'll get right into the meat of the matter so stick around all right and we're back so hey welcome we're talking about legion of gold and uh we've talked rambled around enough let's tear on right into it so you get introduced to this adventure and uh, the introductory adventure says it begins, the city begins at horn where the characters have arrived from widely separate areas so obviously the character introductions are being performed and once it rolls over they describe that each is armed only with axes bows or swords the only weapons familiar to them you quickly acquainted one of horn's saloons where it becomes apparent that they have all had one thing at least in common a lust for adventure. Saloons are frequent meeting bases for other things gossip, rumors, tall tales, and other information. On this day, Horn's saloons are no different. A worried townsman begins to speak to the newcomers, and for the first time, the characters hear of the terrible Legion of Gold. So <clears throat> uh, there's background on the Legion, or to the, the Barony of Horn, and what's going on behind the scenes here as well as a lengthy description of the town of Horn itself, along with its defenses and its newer, salvage technology. Now, here's the thing. In Gamma World, there are three types of civilization. You start from its tribal, clan, and feudal. There are a few cities left, and all of them are pretty much irradiated or hostile, filled with uh, angry mutants or androids, robots, and whatever. So... Usually, uh, the communities built near them are a little bit better, but here is a fully functioning feudal uh, barony, literally, uh, that is right out of something of Sundar the Barbarian. You know, like the Baron has e cars and all sorts of other conveyances that he keeps for his personal staff and retinue, but only for, it uses infrequently as they don't want to risk them.
0: Well, that's just it is that the high tech stuff <coughs> is, in theory, somewhat fragile and very difficult to replace parts for that the the maintenance on them is you know uh, complicated so most of these things are held in trust you know by the barony uh, including like an engineering or a a, you know robot that is supposed to help with crops Um, you know these valuable high-tech items and like uh, vehicles and creatures are not creatures but they have to be held onto for precisely the purposes that best serve the barony and then they are not used the rest of the time so they are protected and kept aside
1: yeah most of the militia has black a few black powder weapons among them and a few officers and senior ncos have technological
0: but mostly spears crossbows uh leather and padded armor you know that's the norm
1: Yep. Uh, and so, chain mail and uh, higher tech armor is seen, but again, it's reserved for the NCOs and
0: officers. Yeah, this is, you know, stuff that has, it, the greater the complexity, the more difficult it is to acquire. So, not a lot of flashy high-tech bling floating around out in public. Uh, and the players begin, just like everybody else, mostly making do with, uh, you know, leather, padded leather, you know... Uh, Simple uh, shields mm-hmm. and you know common weapons that would be you know uh, easily makeable even under crude circumstances. Now, they hear about the difficulties that are being had. and the first encounter that the party is granted if they like choose to at least poke their nose out into the world and have a look. Uh, it's not so much a planned encounter. That they would expect okay they're like they may be on the way to another place to go have a peek at things but it's an ambush oh. and this one like mini adventure one is sprung on the players just like that
1: Yep. and this is the infamous bugums the uh, mutant kind of grub uh, termites that uh, have mutated into a malign intelligence and Ugh. they have been attacking uh, the farmers of a nearby community and the players are sent out to investigate on assaults on troopers, not for uh, looking for the legion of gold, which may be frustrating to them if they're looking for it. Hey, what about this legion of gold I hear about? Well, you're not quite capable yet. Nobody trusts you, so <laughs> go do <get> something else. <laughs> and yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, yeah, the Bugum Nest is uh, filled with some other mutant insects like the herps. and uh, you know, Oh, yeah, you just can't see a doctor about that
0: space (laughs) herbs
1: but yeah you get a lot of uh, creepy mutant bug creatures the parn the uh the uh zarn and a couple others that uh the blood yeah Yeah, the herp in there
0: yeah the the herp the parn, the zarn and the bugums Uh, they are just all bad news Uh, (laughs) and it's all underground Uh, like you've gone to rescue these farmers There's an initial encounter where a farmer is in the middle of being attacked, and that springs on the player characters, and they go to the farmer's rescue, and this, uh, assuming they fight off the first buggum, leads them to the hole in the ground of the buggum lair, where they're supposed to go and rescue some people who have been taken inside by the buggums. The buggums are actually carting people away for their own nefarious purposes. Uh, And it is not pretty down there, aside from all the monsters, but... The upside is there's some pretty quality gear floating around in that underground lair.
1: Yeah, and let's look at the, uh, what's <laughs> at the back here. Um, a Geiger counter in perfect condition. The device register radiation up to 10 meters away from the source.
0: Super okay. handy. Yep. Trust me, in Gamma World, where like stuff may still have residual radiation,
1: yeah, you're going to want that. Four hi- hydrogen energy cells, three are drained, one is fully charged, and a collar of servitude. Wonder where that came from. Makes any humanoid wearing the device totally docile and passive. Collar cannot be removed while functional. However, the item is only enough power for 72 hours. Of course, you won't tell the players that unless they really make good rolls, or they consult some of the sages back in Horn, because there is actual research. So- there is a
0: library in Horn of, like, meaningful texts uh, and... You may not be granted access to it if you're just a total stranger, but again, once you prove yourself to the Barony of Horn, you can be granted leave by the Baron to access important things and to make use of some of the Barony's tools and implements. Yeah, not to mention that you can just pay
1: or oh, buy their time, because they're all presumably busy looking into this menace of the Legion of Honor because, well... Let's face it, in Gamma World, if there's androids or robots, that's one thing that gets everybody very nervous, because the androids are not friendly. And robots, their programming, if uh, androids have anything to do with it, it's usually bad.
0: Yeah, Uh, let's just say that in Gamma World lore, the androids have reason to be distrusting of, like, the good intentions and uh, general worthiness of humans. It did not work out well for the androids in the past, and unlike humans they don't forget nope not ever uh. so
1: afterwards <laughs> um they come across one of the big intriguing things is a life ray device
0: which is basically a resurrection device that's found here now it's a
1: little big to move but if you reveal it to the baron of
0: course yeah they'll lug that back to the capital you know right back to horn and that
1: presumably may be able to get the players in good graces and but it's not fully functional but it has enough uh, juice in it to still work a couple times. So this is a good way to get players back in the game real fast. And if you don't like the Resurrections, then you can give them a dose of
0: uh, intensity 16 radiation and be done with it. <laughs> yes, because uh, like so many situations in Gamma World, uh, the outcome is not a promise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's an uncertainty. It's a role. I mean, is this ancient tech going to work? You know, it's 150 years since like the big boom and everything mm. is different now. Uh now, everything is a question mark. You don't know for sure if that technology, even if you know what it does, it's not absolutely certain that it's going to work perfectly every time. So that that kind of scenario is up to the DM. Your option. Now, the second
1: adventure that's in here, the mini adventure, this, these are easily played, but I think the Bugum Lair can easily last a party for two or three good sessions if you spend some time letting the players explore and enjoy the soak up the details. If yeah, you just want to rush through it,
0: yeah, you can bang it out in a session or two. Exactly. It's a, it's a one session run uh, including the horn material if you know, they've really got their eyes on the prize and they or they just skip a bunch of rooms and they're like, "Okay, we we've, we've got most of it, so let's get out of here. If we don't hear anything else moving, we're done." Uh okay maybe one for that but definitely two if they're paying any attention at all
1: yeah and if you add a lot of fun role playing and horn getting people started and introduced it can take up some time
0: yeah and i based that on an assessment of like a an adventure time being like four to six hours yeah
1: about four to six hours pretty good. so the second adventure basically takes uh players to the shop which apparently now the town shop
0: oh uh, yes that is the name of the town s-h-o-p-p
1: and it's a small village, and apparently they've been attacked and by or had a sighting of the Legion of Gold. So panicky requests have been sent to the barony, and so he sends the player characters newly recovered, are minted uh, trustees of information and re- shown to be a reliable main, are sent out here. And, and uh, of course, this one is more of a you can pick and choose this is an adventure where there are a number of shelters outside where you track them back to and these shelters contain various encounters and so each one is pretty much self-contained little uh, radiation center a shelter uh, presumably built by survivalists for whatever it means and so you open up the vaults and this is kind of where it gets close to fallout newer players will probably feel pretty comfortable here yep you are vault hunters Yeah, but uh, there are 10 shelters, and so some of them contain nothing, of course, but don't let the players know that. Let them have fun learning it for themselves, build a little suspension.
0: Hey, they find one that's completely empty, and, you know, hey, welcome to a nice, safe bolt hole. Anytime you want to pass through that area, there's one that, you know, like, lock it up before you go and make sure it stays empty.
1: Yeah, but here's one of the creepier encounters, the Screamers, and... While you may balk at that, they're basically a radiated walking dead. Uh, no one knows the process. They uh, obviously don't uh, mate or procreate anymore, but they wander around howling and screaming, and if they touch you, they inflict you with a high-intensity burst of radiation, and yeah, they're just horrifying,
0: mumbling, screaming howlers. <laughs> Welcome to death or suddenly catching a new mutation, which uh, in old-school Gamma World, not always a good thing, okay? I mean, it, some mutations are wonderfully beneficial, others are a giant pain in the butt. Now,
1: people want to talk about a loot and shoot. I, I, one of my uh, touching encounters here is that during their explorations, they presumably come close to a shelter, and one of the players receive a telepathic message, and it is from a young girl who is a mutant, and their parents have taken her. we taking her to the barony, but he is one of the guardsmen, and he's well-equipped and highly distrustful as he sees the party as potentially looters or scavengers. But the young girl that was with him, is a pure strain family, is a mutant. And she is mutating, and that is what's causing her sickness. And of course, uh, once uh, they can gain the trust of this very suspicious, very well-armed character, which you can kill, technically speaking, but uh, <clears throat> it will not go well for you when you wear his inertia armor back in the barony he's one of the barons um, I guess you put it uh, he was one of the retainers or uh, guardsmen
0: yeah you, you might think of it as something like a knight yeah so to speak that like this is somebody of rank in the service of the barony uh, and if they see you wearing his gear maybe uh, some questions yeah so but if greeted if, if the if the party
1: is careful and clever and appeals to them, or has a mutant among them with telepathic powers, or mutated animal, or cactus, (laughs) you can uh, gain his trust, the family's trust, and they will. Wife like, please, we've got to get our daughter there. And it's a nice uh, touching old scene where most of the time you see pretty much almost all the NPCs in these modules are adversarial or will betray the players.
0: Yeah, uh, as so often is the case, uh, you know, you're really focusing on what the players are pitted against. Uh, and a little less so on the rescue uh, and the good deeds Uh, This is kind of a reminder that even in 1981 and in the original Gamma world there were still opportunities where the players could do the good deed. Even yeah. And this was a game that did not have an alignment system per se. It didn't even really concern the
1: alliances as close as you get an alignment. In
0: yeah. The, like, so. who are your allies? Uh, who are your enemies? that That's really all anybody cared about in Gamma World. You make decisions, decisions have consequences, and that's it.
1: They left yep. alone. And, but if you return Aaron back and uh, his sick daughter, who's just going through the process of mutating, a little disturbing to them, but uh, hey, that's Gamma World for you. But, you know, you get a reliable NPC for later and obviously in the Baron's Good Graces, which leads to the next adventure. One yeah, of my the, favorites. There
0: were other creepy monsters in those ten shelters. That oh, yeah. Prize, but the but the, the we're, screamers. We're, sick with The Screamers me. are one of the worst. Uh, now, yeah, Mini Adventure 3. We're moving to this is one of the more high-tech exploration moments. Yeah,
1: this is a really favorite of mine because it really starts to show off some of the hidden stuff behind the scenes of Gambworld. You get to see the ruins and some survivors and people making do with what they got. But here, you get to see a window into what it was like in the uh, culture of the ancients. So they return to Horn. They hear that the Legion of Gold is starting again, burning down an entire town. This time, there is retaliation. And uh, that retaliation was totally ineffective. (laughs) They were ambushed and... (laughs) dealt a decisive blow, so the Baron is in crisis mode at this point. And So they send the players out and this time um, they go to the garrison and they get some... Uh, the, the Baron actually gives them some weapons if they're not well armed. Uh, some laser pistols and grenades or, and a vibroblade are given to them. And they're going to need them. Because as they go to explore, they're going to come across a, uh, the body of an android. Of course, in the Barony, they also show that there's an Android here. But uh, as they get into it, they uh, follow it back, the clues back to a sub-Aquan laboratory. It is called Samurai, the sub Marine United Research and Investigation. And uh, you're able to get into a preserved and fully functioning research laboratory crewed by androids and robots.
0: Yes. Now, uh, obviously, they're not all combat rock ready, okay? Uh, the, the androids are nowhere near as, as dangerous as your final opponents. However, they are a step tougher than the bugums that you encounter. Yeah, you in find the mostly
1: laborers, a few warriors, and a thinker in this one. The three tiers of android.
0: Yeah. But weird science abounds. Uh, complete with a lot of, you know, oddball items that uh, that mechanical equipment, uh, electronic equipment that may not make sense to the players if the DM does their job, twisting the description of it, uh, making it that much more challenging. But the collective value of the high science items that they find within. They add a lot of things to the party that will better prepare them for ultimately facing the Legion of Gold.
1: Yeah, the few warriors in here are well armed and prepared, but even the workers have uh, vibro blades. So there's a lot of good scavenger material. The party should be well equipped with high tech items to fight their opponents later on. And one of my favorite parts is the yellow Aquatron 7. The and it's a very (laughs) small (laughs) device. You don't get much use out of of, on land, but later it opens up other things. And uh, yeah, there's a station defense beam, a a massive taser weapon. Yeah. And also in here is a barrel Neep. And if you don't know what these crazy words, a barrel Neep is a massive carnivorous sturgeon that lets out intensity level 18 radiation if it gets upset in one of the uh, containers they're studying it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, this radioactive
1: fish seems really aggressive. Yeah, it's kind of angry. So, uh, less uh, yeah. claypool yet doesn't want to catch a barrel neat because it's a diamondback sturgeon with an attitude and radioactivity.
0: <laughs> Which, yeah, again, radioactivity uh, has a cumulative effect. Uh the more often you are exposed. I mean, either it does, you know, immediate damage uh, or it mutates you.
1: And uh if you appear a certain human, you get a catch mutation. You die.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. If either, if you are capable of being mutated, you have a much better chance of surviving. But then
1: you have to roll in the dreaded random roll table. So, you know, you could get, hey, I get death field generation or I get an atrophied limb. Mm.
0: Yeah, it could go either way. You don't know. And it's not a thing to be looked forward to. I mean, I've seen people like cheerfully leap into. I'm going into the radiation for fun. We'll see how many mutations I come out with. I've got two already. I want a third, and it does not end prettily. Yeah.
1: So this is a large complex. This will take at least a couple sessions to explore. And if the players just bowl right in, they're going to get overwhelmed by the androids who all just aggressively defend themselves. Oh yeah. And highly coordinated, intelligent, and not at all afraid of you.
0: Yeah. Zero fear uh, and the ability to coordinate. Thanks to the thinker being in charge of them and the warriors being no slouches. So, uh, you know, a stealthy, slow, methodical approach to picking apart that zone, probably a hot idea.
1: Yep. But then you finally get to the climax, which is Legion of Gold. And at this time, the Legion of Gold has been revealed and they have information where they're at. And at this point, it seems like the players, initially, who were spurned from, uh, being able to help, are now put in the four of it. And the barony opens up its armory, so you get a chance at his arsenal, which is not inconsiderable. And, yeah, the players have to choose well because they don't get to take the whole thing with them.
0: Chemical energy and fragmentation grenades. uh, Oh, uh, like plastic armor, which, like, is more of your... Yeah, the sheath uh, plastic duraloy armor. uh, If you can think of it as analogous to... uh, having a oh. ballistic clock like a lot of what our militaries are using right now they were exactly ballistic Ugh. weave and uh, uh padding and all that a mark 5 blaster yeah, extra that. laser pistol a laser rifle the mark 7 laser rifle oh, oh. and some medikits, which trust me you will need them because <laughs> this is not an easy zone okay this this final segment is the largest portion and most complicated and most difficult section not everything in it is incredibly difficult but there are some final fights yep and he of. also
1: gives them a, a microbus, a flit car micro which is kind of like a hover vehicle so they can uh, move around and so off they go and this is where it really opens up it, it was open before but uh, they have numerous uh encounters, random encounters that you can go through that <laughs> batters yeah batters. i love batters angry badgers <laughs> And then finally getting to the uh, Legion of Gold, which you find is a computer complex, a cybernetic installation still functioning, and it has a sinister origin because it takes people and cybernetically alters them into enslaved
0: super warriors with internal weapons. Uh, and by the way, here's a hint. This was before the Borg was even mm-hmm. a thing, okay? Yeah. Uh, they make the cybernetic enhancements and apply the armor to them uh, and the you know like matt the <clears throat> not magical but like technological shielding that also didn't you know, like its damage resistance before damage resistance was a thing. Uh, so the Legion of Gold, every yeah, they adjusted, had four
1: shields, Yep, just like the good old board. Yeah, you know, to shoot they to had them. it
0: all. Uh, so your torque grenades come in handy. That's what made them such terrifying opponents. Now uh, overcoming that. With the sheer volume of damage, or the specific correct types of damage, because and
1: it's going to be trial and error for
0: your players to figure out what it is. Yeah, and it should be okay. It should not be given away to them. We know that this is what can beat the you know dreaded Legion of Gold. No, no freebies. Let them find out. Like they throw everything they've got, and they find out what sticks to the wall. And <laughs> I'm not even going to do the spoiler on it myself. I, I don't. I don't want people to know. Yeah, and
1: eventually they'll fight their way and uh, eventually get to the cybernetic uh, tank, which contains the, uh, which is the Reaper computer, which was a uh, aggressive military research and development computer, and in it's made do with what is at hand, which are mutants and humanoids that it gathers up in arms.
0: Yeah, it, it captures them more or less, like enslaves them, brainwash, you know, get wipe. Uh, they are just shells to carry out its will Uh, and reaper is behind this and had they not like intervened and stopped it in its evil plans uh you know it obviously would have laid waste to the entire area and you know transformed every available life force it could grab a hold of into a servant so just ever expanding base of power
1: yep and you know that that is pretty much the end of the mini campaign but What a campaign that's still left. There's all these encounters that you can go through and find. And of course, the Game Master is always able to conjure forth new adventures based on these and insert their own. And that's really the best part uh, about this is that you can find a whole lot of things in here. Like one of my favorite encounters is the Brute Horses, which are these intelligent uh, Destriers. Just massive horses with mental powers both and able to deflect Deflect uh, energy attacks with their force field generation because they have really big brains. And if you can convince them to aid you, they become loyal steeds and, well, also NPCs who can aid you because they actually can talk with you and communicate. They're intelligent. But also in (laughs) here, the
0: the Brutors are not like, you know, they're not dumb mounts. Right. You, You have to have a partnership with them. However, uh, if you've got a party that isn't very large in size, uh, striking some kind of pact effectively doubles the strength of the party as you each have an effective companion slash retainer working with you that is not uh, you know, weak. So for your outdoor travel periods, I mean, they may not be able to crawl down into the dungeon with you, but I guarantee you, you'll... They can eat. take
1: care of themselves while they're out there.
0: Yeah, they do not need... A lot of help to kick butt on the outside world.
1: Yeah, but there's new creatures in here the bigoon, which is this massive, giant, mutated raccoon, trash panda. So you can have fun with that. And Ooh, of course, trash the,
0: panda. The bugums in oh, oh, oh.
1: their full glory are detailed in here, as well as death moss, because yeah, Gamma World needed more hostile plants <laughs> and uh, a number of uh, <laughs> new fish, and of course, the aforementioned screamers, as well as cat folk, because that's a thing. And uh some more mutated oh mission. the catkins yeah the catkins they're all right and uh and then of course the back in here the the centurion robot so you know you can carry well, their- there's
0: a segment oh. here that it outlines uh very specifically what constitutes a legion of gold member as a centurion robot uh and you know covers uh, their exact statistics and abilities because they are referenced throughout many many times Uh, but the stats aren't given each time it mentions. So here in the back is, you know, the exact appendix that will give you a description of what it means that they have these force shields, what are its game parameters. Uh, and And they're
1: built in energy weapons that can't be salvaged,
0: curse you DM. And that's the Centurion bots, the Legionnaires, and of course the actual like quantifiable matters regarding the control computer, which is Reaper. (laughs) <laughs> which only drinks grain alcohol uh, Yep. because yeah. the water has been poisoned by communists Thanks, and it's Carol. concerned about its purity of essence uh, yeah
1: that would be a good way to play it <laughs> uh, there's some also new weapons uh Rifled muskets, uh, mini grenade launchers, uh, more
0: kind of primitive firearms, pistol, automatic pistols, and rifles. Weapon rates of fire for some of the curious weapons that you will encounter during the course of the
1: And then a small gazetteer of the Barony of
0: Horn. And the villages that are available within it. Yep. And then it launches to our previously mentioned treasure table.
1: Yeah, so all in all, this... uh... Uh, what a package for uh, just over 32 pages.
0: Yeah, three mini-adventures, a primary closing adventure. Yep, a um, mini-campaign with multiple endings. A bunch of new monsters to add to the monstrous compendium, that, or the monsters section of the original handbook. Uh, and a crapload of new treasures and weird goodies to find. mm mm-hmm. um, and for those of us who were there at the time, this was a lot of bang for the buck, and we were so happy to have had it.
1: Yeah, and uh, Mike's initial appeal about it being like the uh, keep on the borderlands, it's not wrong. A lot of people look at uh, Famine and Fargo, which is also another one. We'll probably cover that in a future episode, since people seem to like Oh, and yeah. we did do a code coverage at game world and we stepped over the same ground that we had already covered before but it's good to bring it
0: up now we got a chance to describe the contents of that module i mean if that sounds like a futuristic adventure that your table would benefit from playing we highly recommend it okay yeah, we're okay, not well, kidding I, this is it's one of the best
1: <laughs> yeah and you know it, it may seem a little trite in the fact that it has kind of uh, Well, if you go here and do these things, you get rewarded. Yeah. Well, welcome to the early D anD D adventure. Was like there was no alignment system, so a way to keep players in line was the encouragement of loot and advancement inside an organization
0: that could provide them with shelter. Yeah. If you're wondering what alignment-free gaming is like, this is it like if you're nice to people and do heroic things people like you and if you're a total jerk and steal everything in sight or murder strangers you don't get well liked and you find yourself with very few places to hunker down Uh, the consequences are all holistic you know they just happen as they happen they're a part of existence itself and it's a good lesson i i like it yeah and um
1: Whether you play uh, the original Game World, I mean, hey, it's 10 bucks, or you uh, download Mutant Future or have a copy, hey, uh, either one is just as valid. Playing the early versions of this would be recommended as the later ones get a little more into the different systems and makes this a little harder to adapt. But hey, if you want to do the work, go for it. At the same time, I totally encourage you to enjoy this and its uh, presentation of the earlier editions. But, uh, you know, prove me wrong. <laughs> you know you can make it work but with that I think we're gonna wrap it up thanks for sticking around and of course this rambling discourse brought to you by anchor app, so make sure that uh, you grab yourself anchor app download and get all the information when we put out a new episode which has been unfrequently so we apologize but until next time
0: may the dice always roll in your favor We're out See ya.